Hello, and welcome to the Webtoon Room. I'm Will. And I'm Crudy. And we love talking about Webtoons. Here at the Webtoon Room, we offer a thoughtful, balanced, and mature discussion and analysis on all things Webtoon. This is our first episode, and today we'll be talking about Cursed Princess Club. Before we get started, actually, we're going to offer a spoiler warning. This episode is going to be filled with spoilers from season one, two, and a little bit of three. We're basically going to be current with what is out on Webtoon right now, which is episode 65. So if you do not want spoilers, do not listen to this until you have read Cursed Princess Club. You have been warned. Yes. Okay, now let's get into it. Um, Where do you want to start? Where should we start is a great question because there's it so is. many things about it Crush is. Princess Club. It is. Um, let's let's start by just telling everyone a little bit about the genre and what kind of webtoon it is. Right. Curse Princess Club is a fairy tale-esque story about a young princess from the Pastel Kingdom, Gwendolyn, and her journey through to discover self-love and work her relationships and learn to really appreciate herself. That's a really great that's a really great wrap up of what Curse Princess Club is. I would also so Webtoon categorizes Curse CPC as a comedy and it is most definitely comedic. It is hilarious. Actually, I would say one of the most hilarious webtoons that is currently out on Webtoon uh online. But I would not say it is primarily a comedy. It is definitely a coming of age story of young teenage Gwendolyn, and we could not be more here for it. <laughs> it is so great. I so um, and that's I think one of the things that Curse Princess Club does so well is just the characterizations of all of the characters in the webtoon. Like everyone has a clear identity. Everyone is very human, very flawed, um, and beautiful as well in their own way. They've got their own struggles. No one is in a stereotypical box, which is pretty cool. Yes. Um, Everyone who you think would fit the stereotype when you first meet them either subverts it in a clever way or funny way, or they're just more three-dimensional than you originally thought. And this is one of the many reasons why I think we love this webtoon so much. Definitely. I mean, I feel that with even, I think, some of the characters that you could actively stereotype, like the two other plaid princes, the older plaid princes, you could definitely stereotype them. Um, And there's depth even to those guys, which is really great. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you want to let let's start talking about some of the characters. So Gwen is. Gwen is a princess that is, she's the youngest of three in her family. I I feel, I'm not sure if her and Jamie are twins. Um, they might be. That's actually a question I have later. Uh, I'm not sure if she, she and Jamie are twins because they both are 16, but she is the youngest of her sisters in the Pastel Kingdom. And so there's the Pastel King, there is Jamie, their brother, who is the pastel prince, and then there's three pastel princesses, Maria, Lorena, and Gwen. And they all are, you know, Maria and Lorena are 
traditionally beautiful, they're sweet, um, and Gwen is also loving and sweet and very intelligent and very crafty, but she is not as traditionally beautiful as Maria and Lorena. And even Jamie. Jamie is the pretty one also, <laughs> which there's some hilarity with that too. So she is not as traditionally beautiful as the rest of her family, but she is absolutely gorgeous to anybody who knows her. And she is just a beautiful, warm-hearted person. And the Pastel King loves his children very much. He, like, arguably too much. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little. He can get a little overprotective, which is, is funny. And... um you know, it's played for comedy, largely, you know, like he, th there are tidbits about like, he doesn't let the princesses go out into the world. <laughs> Except until I think the end of season two is when, <laughs> when they rebel and they, and, and all of that. But, um, so arguably too much love, but he is, I think, a well-meaning man. Um, but he announces their engagement to the plaid princes. Which is very interesting. And the the girls are very excited about this. Yes. Yes, they are. Yes. And the Plaid Princes, uh, they show up and they each pick a sister to be engaged to. And this is kind of how the story begins. Yes. Uh, Maria and Lorena get to, to the more handsome ones. And Frederick, who is the youngest of the princes, uh, asks, before he shows up, asks to be engaged to the youngest sister. Yes. And unbeknownst to him, he's looked at a portrait of, of the four siblings and thought that Jamie was Gwendolyn. Yes. There was a slight misunderstanding there of who exactly the youngest sister was. And to be fair, the painter did not portray Gwendolyn in the most flattering light. <laughs> which, <laughs> like, it's a very legitimate thought that Frederick had, which is like, I thought she was just haunting the painting. Like, th they do that in our castle sometimes. I thought that was just what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Um, which brings me to the question, like, um, and so Frederick is kind of disappointed i think is an understatement uh in terms of his reaction and that's kind of what i wanted to ask you oh, that's a point that i wanted to bring up is his react is his initial reaction to her and by initial reaction i mean the first reaction that um his attitude during their the plaid prince's first visit to the pastel kingdom is that reaction to her towards gwendolyn warranted and at what point, if it is warranted, does he kind of become the asshole? Because, I mean, we're talking spoilers here. Frederick does not treat her very nicely on that first visit. Mm -hmm. Frederick, uh, to be fair to Frederick, he is a very young man um, yes. who is yeah. rather inexperienced with the world. But yes. he does say some kind of mean things. Cruel, yeah. There's... So some cruel things. And he did, he did, you know, call, he did say Gwendolyn is really ugly. That is what he says. And he does say it without the intention of her hearing those words, but he still thought it. And, um, you know, I think there is a, I, his initial reaction, especially considering the misunderstanding, um, 
is understandable to me, like just that feeling of disappointment um, and, you know, being let down, especially because, I mean, as we've, we see in later chapters, um, I believe they are 33 to 35 is when they actually go really into um, checking this. Yeah, we see in the later chapters, 33 to 35, um, some of his past experiences that have informed those actions. It It is understandable, his reaction, but I do think his attitude of not even trying to get to know her is flawed. And he is immature. He is definitely more inexperienced. His whole, you know, like, assumption that this this princess would be an angel come to save him and this is this is coming from the mind of a very like you know not only immature but also traumatized boy in in a lot of regards like he's got a lot of baggage he's got a lot of feelings of abandonment he's got a lot of resentment and i, I don't he's never really had a real friend yeah someone to re- who who sees him and really cares about him uh for who he is or or even tries to understand him. Um, right. His brothers don't really... His father is all about expectations, expectations, expectations. Right, um, right. And th- there's even a really, really poignant part of it during his backstory where he, it's sort of like an inner monologue. Um, and, and he says, you know, why should I work hard to impress people who have never supported me? Right. And if everyone was going to look down on me, I decided I'd just look down on them first. Right. And it's... Unfortunately, a very relatable quote, too, for people who have dealt with being ostracized and bullied and not really accepted by other people to just shut right. them all out. So mm-hmm. even though we have this character who's initially very mean to our main character, right. he comes from a very, unfortunately, understandable place. Yes, he it's backed up by his real world experiences. And, um, you know, I think... Gwen, both Gwen and Frederick, it is, I think they're both looking for belonging. Mm-hmm. And Gwen finds that with the Cursed Princess Club, which we'll talk about. But Frederick, apart from, you know, Gwen, who shows that care to him, and, um, you know, in the library when she goes to see him at Lance's birthday party... And she says, like, I care about you. I don't, he has not had, I, he doesn't have another person like that in his life, which is why I definitely, I support their becoming friends. They're initially engaged, you know, in an in a arranged marriage, but I support their becoming friends. Um, really, I support wherever Lambcat wants to take the story. Um, and And I support whatever you know, whatever is best for Gwen. Because we still haven't talked too much about Gwen. Um, Because she is another character. She and Frederick, I think, mirror each other in sort of immaturity and inexperience. Right. But, yeah, so it's, you know, the emotions that Frederick felt when he first met her are very valid. But also Gwen's, Gwen's are also really valid in terms of how hurt she was by frederick's words yep and when she went off and felt hurt this is where thank you frederick we get to actually go and meet the actual cursed princess club 
In Gwen's upset state after hearing Frederick's words, harsh words, she runs out to the haunted forest and stumbles upon the cursed princess club, which is almost exactly as it sounds. It's a club where princesses who are cursed meet up, talk, eat junk food, uh, and try and support each other and work through each other's problems dealing with their curses, but also just it's a way for them to gather and to make themselves feel beautiful about themselves. Yes, um, and it, there are various members. We meet, I think, maybe seven or eight of them throughout the webtoon so far, but it is founded by Prez, Calpurnia, but she is called Prez, um, and there are a rotating set of members. And by that, I mean the princesses spend you know, anywhere from every day to occasional visits at the Cursed Princess Club headquarters. And Gwen stumbles upon them. She kind of doesn't think she's going to join them, but she does. And it proves to be one of the best decisions that she's made. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's really fantastic because Gwen has a loving family. You know, her family loves her and they care about her, but this is the first real support system that she's found outside of the castle. Um, and they're, it's really crucial for her, I think, to develop emotionally and socially and learn from, you know, her fellow cursed princesses and Saffron, who is amazing. <laughs> who is not a princess, but the who name's not- stuck. Yes, he is not a princess, and he and he very much resents the title of the club. Right. Uh, w- one note of clarity. When we say cursed, we mean literally cursed. Um, yes. There's a princess who's, wh- whoever, whenever she puts anything in her mouth, it just melts, it dissolves. There's yeah. a uh, a prince who is actually a pr- it, It's Saffron. It's Saffron. <laughs> he has, he a, has cursed a cursed hand. arm. It does whatever <laughs> it wants. To be honest... Saffron and his hand are kind of like my favorite OTP of this series. Like I just <laughs> he's re- <laughs> they're reluctant roommates <laughs> and 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 his hand um uh my theory is that Saffron's hand actually looks out for him and does all of the like really does the things that are actually good for Saffron. It's like the friend that, you know, they don't coddle you. They do things that are actually good for you. That's right. kind of saffron in his hand. And so I really, I, I ship that relationship. I'm, I'm here for it. He, Just he, to he, never be, you know, cured. <laughs> he high fives his own hand. Like he, he's in for, saffron's in for the ride too. Yeah. He's like, my dude. <laughs> hey, <laughs> thanks, bruh. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Yeah, so everyone is actually cursed. This is definitely a fairy tale, fantastical story. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm just, I'm here for the friendships that Gwen makes in in this uh, club because you have people like Abby, who is kind of like a, a teenager. She is a teenager, but she has the, you know, she's cursed with the face of a grandma. So you have people like Abby who are her age. You've got, um, you know, older figures like Syra and Saffron and Prez who act as like big brother, big sister, mentor figures for Gwen when she's going through struggles with Frederick or her own self-confidence. You know, the shattered mirror um, phenomenon that was happening to her that she confided in them in. Um, so I I really think it, it's such a blessing for for her to have found them and for them to have found her. 
Do you have a, a favorite member of the Cursed Princess Club? Uh, I do. Uh, I really like Monica. She's Monica's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Monica is awesome. It's true. I love... <laughs> she, you know, she's really funny. And, and most of her scenes, like, they're played for humor. But I really loved... Um, I was rereading for this uh, podcast... And I really love during the slumber party, she's very observant and she's like taking um, Gwen through the, you know, psychology of the group dynamics of the Cursed Princess Club, which I thought was really fascinating. So I think she's actually very smart and very observational and very in tune, um, but she is also very, a very funny character. <laughs> she's also very relatable too, like the the kind of anxiety that some people can get can manifest physically to the point where you feel like you need to run away and for monica she turns into a crow and flies off that's what she does it's a literal physical manifestation yes <laughs> i would say my favorite probably is saffron i i, I just i love him so much <laughs> i love that his his main like point of sensitivity is that he cannot grow a beard and he's deeply sad by this um it's to the point that he does not care if he gets rid of his cursed hand he just wants to grow a beard which is right. amazing and um i also love uh, he's not purely a comedic character which is again i think t points to the strength of this webtoon and Lambcat for doing such an amazing job you know creating 3d you know characters um where in his foliage lesson uh or i should say in well he does foliage and then it's also flower arrangement so you know duo foliage and flower arrangement class he ha has an in-depth chat with gwendolyn and he said even a blockhead like me can see when something is up so you know like it's no good, you know, keeping things inside. That's why I like to complain about things right away, which I love him for. <laughs> this, is, this is Curtis we're talking about, right? No, this is Saffron. Uh, Curtis is the butler. Oh, you're right. Yes, yes. I also love Curtis. Curtis is also fantastic. Uh, I love the men of the Curse Princess Club. They're wonderful. And the women, but just uh, they've got fantastic uh, characters and personalities. But... So I love that Saffron, while he has played for comedy a lot of times, he's he's genuinely caring and he is, you know, giving to the people around him. Like he may complain about, you know, not being a princess, but he really is just emotionally attuned with everyone else in the club, which is fantastic. We touched on this briefly earlier, but let's get into the romances and specifically the arranged couples between the pastel princesses and the plaid princess. Yes. Which, by the way, is an amazing joke. Uh, <laughs> I laughed a lot when I realized what that was. I, I laughed so much. Just look up at the shot of the plaid uh, palace, which is just entirely made of plaid. And then everything in it is also plaid. It's so great. <laughs> It's it's funnier than pastels for some reason, just seeing the entire Plaid Kingdom. <laughs> it's so good. 
<laughs> the gags in this webtoon are so, so good. So if you want to read it for just that alone, I highly recommend it. It's so well done. The comedy in this is ex exceptionally well done. But yes, let's get into these arranged marriages. Let's Which, do the thing. Surprisingly, most everyone is on board with and okay with. Yeah. No, there's there's no um, hesitation, really, except, I mean, for Frederick on when he realizes, you know, just exactly who he's engaged to. Um, but everyone else is on board. Blaine is is the eldest uh, plaid prince, and he is he is for it. He thinks Maria is beautiful. He and Maria are kind of getting along swimmingly. Lance and Lorena are wonderfully, like, you know, getting along as well. And, you know, Frederick, I think at this point, currently in episode 65, um, we should we should talk about that later. We'll talk a little bit more about, you know, the state of Frederick and Gwen's relationship as it currently stands. But, you know, Frederick and Gwen had a rocky start and they're slowly kind of understanding each other and getting to know each other as well. Um, I thought the scene in um, the amusement park was very, very funny when... Um, Lance and Blaine have this kind of conspiratorial glance with each other and they're like, hey, it's not a cliche. They don't know it. <laughs> and they take the girls to a haunted house. Actually, a bloody clown murder house yes. is, that, I believe, what it is actually called. <laughs> and there are many bloody clowns lying in wait, waiting to scare them. Right. And, and it definitely does not go as planned. No, it completely backfires, which is amazing. <laughs> but I think it it's so cool because it really ultimately was just a bonding experience for, you know, uh, the girls and their fiancés, which is really what you can ask for. And I think I actually am a fan of these of these couples. I really am a fan of Blaine and Maria being together as well as Lance and Lauren. I think they're fairly well matched. What do you think? I think so too. I find it uh, really funny that Blaine does, does, realizes that his intentions are shallow. Yeah, uh, that was and great. And goes out of his way to try and ask Maria about you know her aspirations. He does it in a very awkward way, but it's yeah. very sweet and endearing. Mm -hmm. And they end up meeting halfway, which makes it even more wholesome. It was great. It was a really lovely moment for for him as also as a character as well because Blaine is is the stereotypical pretty boy of the brothers. He it, he has his own fan club. Like he is on K-pop idol status in his kingdom, you know. And I thought it was a good moment of depth for him where, you know, when the guard that is in love with Maria, I know his name because no one ever asked for his name. His name is Beckett Dandridge. He is in love with Maria uh, in the Pastel Kingdom. And he points out to Blaine that, you know, your approach is shallow. Your intentions are shallow. I love her for who she is inside. And he's basically saying to Blaine, like, if you cannot, like, if you approach her in the shallow way, if you connect with her in the shallow way, like, she will at some point find out that this is not real and she will fall for someone who is more real. And I love that he, he legitimately takes that to heart and he introspects and he, you know, 
in in a kind of a clumsy way, he's also inexperienced. I feel like all the brothers are kind of inexperienced. It makes sense with their ages. You know, Blaine is 20, Lance is 19, turned 20, and Frederick is 17, so it, it makes perfect sense. But he kind of, you know, a little clumsily tries to, you know, approach that and, and rectify that. And like you said, I it was really sweet that it was a real moment of communication with between the two of them. Lance, Lance and Lorena, I'm also a fan of. Yes. How they bond is entirely different. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just very aligned with how they see the world, which is amazing. <laughs> For a little bit of context, Lorena gets into a fencing match with another <laughs> character, Susanna. And Lorena has never fenced before. Yes. And manages to go five to four. Because she is very skilled at fighting. Yeah. And that was so Lance great. Loves it. It was so yeah, that that whole scene where he's just like, No, I don't really watch women's combat sports, you know, I'm kinda worried for them. And then the teacher is like, Well, you know, and she gets like kind of like she has her feminist moment there, which is really amazing. And then by the end, Lance has just become a women's combat sports fan for life. life. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I love that journey for him. And I also love that one of the sexiest things that Lance could think to say to Lorena, um, and this was, I think, in their earlier meetings, but one of the sexiest things that he could think to say to her was, I'm going to gorge myself on waffles. Find me later. <laughs> Lorena loves it, by the way. She's like, I've never wanted to be a pie or a waffle more in my life. Mm. But it is really sweet because he actually, it's not like just purely self-indulgent. He's like, here, I, I made you a waffle. And then he like, you know, gives her a waffle with a pun written on it, which is really cute. It fits with like who he is. He's kind of, he's a play on the whole dumb jock stereotype, but he's not... He's not dumb. No, not at all. Um, he is a jock, though. He is a little bit of a jock. He is more athletic. He is more... Uh, he's more athletically inclined, and he is very skilled in sort of, like, the physical arts. Kind of like Lorena is. Lorena is very, like, battle strategy, combat sports, like, fighting. She's skilled in those areas, and they understand each other well. They definitely, definitely do. And it's interesting, but I really do think, should the author go there, because, you know, it, Lamcat may not develop a romance between Gwen and Frederick, although I do think that's where we're headed. But I think Gwen and Frederick are also well-matched, because they're both kind of sensitive souls. Can you be a little bit more specific for our listeners on what you, on what you mean by sensitive? Sure. So I think that both Gwen and Frederick are slightly more introverted than their siblings, for one. And they're both, by sensitive, I really mean that, um, you know, they're both very attuned to their emotions. I can see that in Frederick with how, you know, deeply he wants to connect with someone emotionally, and the same thing with Gwen with how she connects with Jamie, and also how she connects with the Cursed Princess Club. Um, they're both attuned in that way, and I think, you know, that's... G Gwen's expressions of care matter deeply to Frederick. 
you know, the cup of soup that she makes him. It's the first time anyone has ever made him anything out of care and love. And it is very fitting that the first closeness he feels to her is through food, because that is how, that is her gift. One of her many gifts, she's very crafty, but that is how she expresses her love to the people around her. And Frederick definitely feels that. And, you know, they connect through the book. Yeah. So first they connect through her gift, then they connect through his love language, which is reading books. And it's really wonderful to see them kind of develop their connection. Um, you know, she goes to meet him in the library. And they both, I think, preferred hanging out in the library to hanging out in the regular ball area. They're both kind of on each other's wavelength there. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Gwen and Frederick? Gwen and Frederick are really well matched. As you pointed out, they connected really well in the library. And it does take a little bit of prodding by other characters. Namely, Jamie has to step in and mm-hmm. convince Frederick to try and give things a second look. Uh, Frederick mm-hmm. initially has a really bad first impression. And yeah. hilariously so, it continues for a little bit. Um, I know. Yeah. Which brings a point we should touch on we haven't talked too much about jamie yes i love so i'm a fan of jamie as a comedic character um but i also love his relationship with his sister you know i'm thinking in particular of his his lovely conversation in the amusement park on uh, episode 27 i believe when he tastes he he had tasted Gwen's emotional devastation through the waffle that she had made him. Um, and he he knows something is up, and I love the way he approaches that conversation with her because he doesn't try and force her to share anything she doesn't want to share. Um, but she, he gently kind of opens up it up with, up with her, and, you know, he lets her know that he's there for her when she's comfortable sharing. And then when she does share a little bit about her troubles with frederick she doesn't tell him that what he said that he had said that she was really ugly um but she does let him know that he is not that interested in her and she oh she she feels that lack of interest from him and you know from there i also um you know he kind of like reassures her and he lets her know that she is wonderful and I love how he takes that, and he's proactive in his approach with Frederick. He he proactively pulls him aside to spend some time in the relationship boat, uh, hilariously. Um, and I I also like the way he treats Frederick. He may have treated him, I think, differently if he had known that he had called his sister, his his beloved sister, really ugly. But um, he doesn't, and. So he treats Frederick um, in in a very non-judgmental, you know, non-confrontational manner, but he is direct um, and he lets him know about Gwen and what makes her unique and lovable. And he kind of, again, like prods, uh, points him in Gwen's direction a little bit more. And he also shares with Gwen facts that he knew about Frederick that may help may help them bond. Yeah. J- Jamie just seems to have everyone's best interest at heart. Um, yes. Even even at the at Lance's birthday party, when yeah. he's stuck tasting all the food, he's still looking out for Gwen. He's still look, checking over and being like, "Oh, where's she now? Where's she now?" Um, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's very, very wholesome to see this, where you have this, you know, brother who like clearly looks out for his siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and there's so many examples. I mean, you brought a couple of them to mind. Again, at Lance's birthday party, when Gwen is a little bit, you know, trepidatious of walking out and being introduced to everyone, and, you know, she's already got taken a blow to her self-confidence, and she can't handle, she can't handle another emotional devastation, and Jamie just gives her a boost. He says, you know, don't worry about them, just look at the back, focus on the back of my head, and walk out confidently you don't need to look at anyone else and i love that confidence boost and like you said he's looking out for his other sisters as well he has obviously a very special relationship with gwen which i i wonder if they are twins i don't know maybe we'll find out maybe that's one of the things that we will find out but in the series finale of season two he like he's like i should have done this a long time ago and he he strips because that's Jamie's thing. He just like tears off his clothes and is suddenly naked or, you know, he has underwear. But he strips naked and he um, runs around the castle, outside the castle, <laughs> and saying basically like, you'll have to catch me if you, you know, or, or he, he taunts the guards to catch him. And he's basically protesting the princess. Restriction. Yes, confinement is is a good word for this. He's protesting the princess confinement, princess's confinement, and um, I love that he shows that care towards his sisters. Let's rewind a little bit and get into Leopold. This would be a good time. <laughs> oh yeah, Leopold. Yeah, people think he's shady. I don't think he's that shady. I think he's well intentioned. I I would agree. Yeah, he is well intentioned. Um, people think he is shadier than he he's coming across right now. I don't think he's coming across as actively shady. I think he's just very interested in Gwen, um, which I mean I get it. You know, who wouldn't be? She's a wonderful person. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the main source of annoyance with Leopold is that he's just getting in the way of the Gwen and Frederick ship, which. You know what? I I kind of I'm for that. You know, like Frederick needs to step up his game. He needs to mature a little bit. And if Leopold actually helps him realize, um, and helps him give him clarity into his feelings with for Gwen, which it kind of does during the during Lance's birthday party when he sees Leopold come up to her and he he was like, wait, no, but that's that was like gonna be our moment, me and Gwen. And you're um, over there flirting with two other women. What are you doing, like? Yeah, exactly. And and it forces him to kind of confront his own feelings and his own intentions with uh, regards to his relationship with Gwen, which I think is good. I think it is a good thing for Frederick to do that. And I think it is actually going to be good for Gwen as well, because um, regardless of how the author plays Leopold in the future and, and how his role develops, I think Gwen will grow and learn a lot from her interaction with him. I think so, too. Leopold doesn't hold anything back. Mm-mm. He says what's on his mind. He's very upfront about it, what he wants and what he thinks. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of refreshing in a story where a lot of characters don't really know how to talk to each other. They're shy. They're unconfident. And here's this character who goes, Gwen, you're the most beautiful person I have ever seen. And there's no hesitation. There's no if, but, then. It just is for this character 
That's true. That's a great point. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think he... I don't think his motives are nefarious. I just think he took that portrait job just to get close to Gwen. Which I don't think is inherently a nefarious thing. I think you're right. I don't think he's coming in with bad intentions. You could Mm -hmm. argue they might be a little bit selfish. Yeah, totally. But that's never been... Like, that's human. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm here for his interactions with Gwen. Um, I don't... I didn't like how he talked to Jamie necessarily, but I I think Leopold is one of those characters. He has unique views on beauty and societal standards, and he really is just, I think, the antithesis of of everyone. I think a commenter really has, um, in, in some of the latest episodes, I read a really insightful comment about how Leopold just presents a completely opposite view of beauty um, than his counterparts which is Gwen is the most beautiful to him but he actively shuns um traditional models of beauty uh, such as Gwen's brother and sisters yep which i think is kind of interesting it is interesting too how the whole pastel royal family sees Gwen as very beautiful and they don't see mm-hmm. her as anything but beautiful yeah but everyone else does not minus Leopold mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I thought that one of the funniest moments was for me was um, the witch. She showed up, I think, in episode uh, <laughs> episode five, I believe, and then later on in episode um, twenty. It's, it's I think it. You know, she showed up in the episode with the hospital when uh, CPC goes to volunteer at the hospital, and I thought it was so funny when the witch was like, "Oh, sorry, sister. I didn't know he belonged to you." Us girls got to look out for each other, you know? And she totally thought Gwen was a witch, which Gwen was like, what are you talking about? I don't... What? Um, uh, And you're right. Everyone in Gwen's family does see her as nothing less than who she is. uh, And she's as a very beautiful person. I was curious about your thoughts on that because season two ended with CBC looking at the portrait of Gwen and her family and they start to wonder is Gwen actually cursed because she doesn't look like the rest of her family yep it raises a good question of you know is she cursed or is she even really a member of this family we that biologically related yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. we don't have a lot to go on and I'm really curious to see where they take this what what is your theory Do you have any theories around this? I think it's likely that Gwen is a witch. Um, We don't know anything about their mother. In fact, there's been no mention Mm -hmm. of her at all. Right, yeah. And I'm curious to to see what the reason for this absence is, or even if there is one. There may not be. That's true. Um, I know. It's kind of interesting to think about. My favorite theory so far is something I read in the comments of the webtoon where someone had posited that Gwen, unlike the rest of her siblings, took after her mother. So, you know, Maria, Jamie, and Lorena all look like the Pastel King, but Gwen looks like her mother, which would explain why the father and siblings all think she is so incredibly beautiful it's because she reminds them of their mother who is, you know, assumed to be past um, and no longer, you know, 
no longer alive, which to me, I think fits very well with it, it. It explains why everyone else recognizes the disparity except for the siblings and, you know, the, the core family, um, but also fits with the wholesome vibe of the webtoon uh, as a whole. Right. But who knows what the what the actual truth is? Um, if you know Gwen really is cursed, or if she's not cursed, um, I will say if she is cursed, her her life has really not been hindered in any way at all, other than I guess her, her appearance, which would have been cursed. But she doesn't seem to have any other you know things holding her back from having a lovely full life. No, and I think that's one of the great themes and things about this webtoon is that anyone can, you know, journey and figure out how to fulfill their need for self-love. It's great material to read if you are a young adult, but it's also great material to read. You know, episode 43 is a great message to anybody at any point in their life. Prez is a gem. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap up? Or... Or we could just talk about our favorite random things about this webtoon that we love. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Can we take a second to appreciate the illustrious, the lovely Laverne? Oh my god, yes. I'm so glad you brought her up because I was going to, if you weren't. <laughs> She's the best. Give her all of the margaritas, please. All the margaritas. Carry her everywhere. Make sure she is pampered to high heaven. One of the things I also really love that is incredible is um the pastel king and the plaid king's friendship i honestly ship them they're so <laughs> they're just so in love with each other it's great it's great to see two grown men just be unabashedly in love mm -hmm. with each other it's wonderful yeah. they're very affectionate towards each other mhm mm mhm mm i love that you know the pet plaid king is like reboot we're remodeling our armory room, and I need inspiration for my mood board. <laughs> Can I see yours? <laughs> it's so cute. And their 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 uh, activity of choice is chess, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. I really love how diverse the cast of characters are. We touched mm -hmm. on it a little bit on the yeah. different curses and whatnot, but yes. there's just so many different characters from all different walks of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... In, inside of all these characters are great puns and jokes and oh did we talk about the jokes the jokes are great they're really good we've we've brought up some of them but we haven't like gone even close to talking about all the different gags that this webtoon has i, I feel like there are almost too many to mention um mm -hmm. so let's just start with a few i sure really like the entirety of the princelles and how they show up <laughs> and their yes. entire interactions with Gwen and Prez while they're oh at their gosh. like place basically I feel like we've all known like at least one guy like this in our lifetime yeah. and I actually didn't get the joke initially when I first read it but then you explained to me what an incel is and I was like oh that's actually genius that is a genius wordplay <laughs> lambcat is a genius um but yeah, we've definitely all known guys like this. That's what made it so <laughs> so made it so good is like, whoa, uh, I know assholes like this in real life. Yep. 
Yeah, they yeah. even have their own terminology. Oh, that this is a Blaine type of guy, and <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, you're such a Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> None of us is Blaine. None of us is cool enough to be Blaine. None of us are. No. Um, <laughs> I think even Blaine is not cool enough to uphold the public image of himself, which I think is very endearing, actually, that he is kind of awkward and, you know, he he's growing as well. I also want to give an honorable mention to the music in this webtoon. Oh. This is one of those webtoons that uh, has music for every episode or nearly every episode. Um, and it's one of the... F- I... Music in a webtoon, I'm generally ambivalent about. Um, It can be good sometimes, and it can be, you know, as effective of a scene even without the music a lot of times. But Curse Princess Club, I think, does a great job with the music and and, um, creating a mood and an atmosphere with the tracks that matches the one set by uh, the webtoon itself. And I think Curse Princess Club and Purple Hyacinth are both my favorite webtoons uh in terms of music and how they effectively use it to enhance their story it's kind of an underrepresented aspect of webtoons i feel and we can discuss this later Mm -hmm. Uh, but i I, i'm usually not a big fan of music when i'm reading webtoons uh but this one i turned the sound on i enjoyed some of the songs some of the songs were really great really fit the mood and actually i listened to later just on their own yeah they're they're a legit bop I'm here for it, you know? <laughs> Same. Yeah, it's great. Um, any closing thoughts that we want to have about Chris Princess Club? I feel like we could do multiple episodes, and I think we'll probably, we will probably do more episodes, especially as season three wraps up. But I love this little webtoon. I'm really, I really love reading it every week. Yeah. I'm here to see where it goes. I'm here for Gwen. I'm here for wherever we take Gwen's story. I'm here to see the entire cast. I, If it isn't obvious enough, we love this webtoon. It's funny. <laughs> it's wholesome. It's great. Go read it's it if so you haven't. Beautiful. Yes, please. This is a 100% a recommendation. Like We absolutely recommend you to read this webtoon. Unless you dislike well-done stories, then then don't read it. But if you do like it, please check it out. Thank you very much for listening to the Web2 Room Podcast. I've been Will, and joining me as always... I am Crudy, and we are so happy that you could join us for today's podcast discussing Cursed Princess Club. We love this webtoon, as you could tell, and we love discussing it even more. So we would love to hear from you at our socials. You can find us on Twitter at the Webtoon Room, uh, or you can email us at thewebtoonroom at gmail.com. Um, So, yeah, mail us your theories. We would love to chat with you there. Thank you very much. We'll catch you next time. See you next week.